Yeah, yeah, it's a great place to meet. Um, you yeah. know, people, solid people with yeah. beautiful flowing brown hair. And <laughs> From UTR Media, welcome to Green Room Door. Hi, I'm Dave Trout, and I love giving you a peek behind the curtain so you get to know the artists a bit better and know the heart behind the music. And uh, this is going to be a great show ahead of us. We're going to be in the second half talking with a veteran singer-songwriter, Lisa Weyerhaeuser, about her new project, Growing Light, which is produced by Matthew Clark. And in the first half of the show, I will be talking with a guy who I met in the very, very infancy of the Under the Radar days back when the show launched in 2000. 2008. Um, in fact, just a couple weeks into the show, uh, we learned about this guy and uh, we had him in for um, our very first lunchtime concert. Some of you will remember um, throughout the years, we did uh, dozens of lunchtime concerts in the UTR studios. Um, a lot of clips from that are up on YouTube and um, you've seen us post it, uh, post things about it through the years. Well, John Trost was the very first one that we did of those. And, um, and John is, has been writing and recording excellent music for many years now. In fact, some of his best stuff has been in recent years. But he actually took a break from making music. But it was an unscheduled break that was health-related. And on the tail end of that, has now released um, a terrific project, um, called G. He's been going through the letters of the alphabet. He's on letter G, and this EP is fantastic. In fact, uh, we're going to hear a little clip from it, and then we'll roll into our interview with John Trost. huge fan of all your music over the years so um, thank you yeah like and we've, we've grown up together <laughs> me, and, so, I guess me and UTR so. I guess so <laughs> uh, and so first off I hear a congratulations is an order a big a big <laughs> a big, yes, a big thing happening in your life right yes I recently got a job as a paper boy Oh, I don't think that's where I was oh, going. That's the other true. thing. That's the other oh, thing besides that the paper I'm getting rounds. married? Oh yes, you're getting yes, married. I am. Oh, that's amazing. It's pretty yes. I it's wonderful, exciting. Um Yeah. My now, first girlfriend, Dave. My first girlfriend. Really? I know it. That's I know crazy. It. I'm a slow mover and that's fine. Yeah, that's yeah that is fine actually. Yeah. And I, I hear that that may actually even be moving you out of Nashville. That's what it's looking like, actually, huh. to the state of Illinois. Really? <laughs> My yes. home state. I know it. Wow. Um, which, having lived in Wisconsin for quite a while. Yeah, you know a little bit what to expect coming oh, I up do, with wintertime. But all there's that. a little bit of a Wisconsin-Illinois rivalry, so now I'll be on the other side oh. of that. I'll get to see what it's like to be one of the people 
from Illinois. We'll just call um, him. <laughs> uh, for, uh, I think this is a, a blatant um, misrepresentation, but I'll say that I think that Illinois has more cussing okay. and Wisconsin has more alcohol. So for whatever that's worth. So I have to choose between those two. It's cussing or alcohol. That's, I don't know. I have no idea. That just is a weird observation. So, um, and uh, I was just talking with Andrew Osenga, and, and you have um, made several albums with him. Yes. But he also told me the crazy fact mm-hmm. that I don't even know if I'm supposed to say this, but I don't care. <laughs> I'll, fine. I'll, I'll take my licks from Andrew later. Uh, there you go. That, that y- the person you found and fell in love with and are marrying is one of his ex-girlfriends. <laughs> is this for real? <laughs> he wasn't pulling my leg, right? Um, there could be some truth to that. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, where did you guys meet? Well, I think this ties in with the, with some of the same crowd. We actually met yeah. at Hutchmoot in uh, really in Nashville here. Yeah, like last like two thousand fifteen. Fifteen. Yeah. Oh, Which is, she's she's only been to that one, and um, I was uh, playing in uh, Andrew Peterson invited me kindly. Yeah. Thank you, Andrew, um, to play a couple songs um, the opening night of Hutchmoot with uh, some other artists. And um, if it wasn't for that invitation, I'd, I'd be sitting here, um, a bachelor with, which would be, you know, if, if that's <laughs> the way the Lord it has it, but no, no, who knows? But, but um, I think they call that a hutch match. A hutch or, match. Or, that could or be. Or is it hutch matroni? Or there's, some, there's, there's certain little co- coined phrases about people who meet and get married at Hutchmoot. Hutchmoot. There's been there's been a good list of like seven or eight couples that have gotten married. It's a great. So you I are mean, adding your name to the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a great place to meet. Um, you yeah. know, people, solid people with yeah, beautiful flowing brown hair and. <laughs> 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 That's hilarious. I love it. Um, all right. So speaking of Andrew Osenga, <laughs> back, back to Osenga. Here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, A he, good man. He also produced your most recent EP, which is called G. It is called G. Yes. Now, I mean, I think many of our listeners are probably aware of this, but um, but you had a series of four EPs, A, B, C, and D. Yeah. That. I think they did they all come out in like one year. It was or, that was the plan. It ended yeah. up being I think closer to two years. But two yeah. years. Okay. So yeah. But it was you kind of had that vision for four a four EP set. Mm-hmm. And then you decided to kind of keep it going. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so yeah, the plan was four EPs, limited edition. This is kind of in the transition from people aren't buying as many physical CDs. Right going digital so how do you make the cd special um and yeah that was the the plan was limited edition each one has an animal with an instrument that starts with that letter so ant accordion for a yeah um and then do so do limited edition of those but then come with a compilation that had a couple songs because there's five songs on each album each letter um and come take a couple songs from each of those put them on a compilation called all the brave little critters kept dancing 
all brave critters dancing is A, B, C, D. So they're all together. The ant, bird, cat, and dog are all together on yeah. the, the cover of the compilation. And that was the that was it was a plan I came up with on one of those long drives that, hmm. that you go on as an, an artist sometimes and feel like you have this brilliant idea, but then you arrive at your destination and you're like, <laughs> oh, maybe I should think that through to make sure it wasn't just the the, the staring at the white lines that, that made me come up with that. Um, so then I took, I think it was a year or two after that, I started to think, I mean, I love the artwork that the guy's doing, yeah. uh, Luke Flowers, and thought it was a great way to keep music coming out um, fairly consistently and not have to necessarily organize around a huge uh, album release, reinvent my identity or whatever, right. um, which um, can take a lot of, well, time or creative effort or money. Yeah. Um, and I've just been having fun watching, you know, the illustrations come yeah. come um, to to be. And um, yeah. so, yeah, guitar, drafting a guitar. Yeah. Probably looking at a hippo with a harp next. Huh. Which is just a beautiful image, Dave. I love it. I love <laughs> it. I love that you didn't stop. <laughs> and and I, 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 I want to get into the new stuff, but... Um, sure. But I have to tell you that, uh, so after you did the f the the four EPs, you also kind of added a, a, I guess it would be sort of a celebration song called "All the Little Critters all, Kept Dancing." Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All, the, all the brave little all the brave critters, little yeah. critters kept dancing, and um, uh, it is my son's favorite <laughs> song. I'm, my my uh, he's in junior high. Okay. And he just loves that song. And nice. I mean, I, I love it too, but but he when I play it, he's like, "That's my jam. He That's gets it." In so, the groove. Nice. So yeah, I mean, it's it's it, a yeah, it's a. I, I think I feel like I wrote a lot of it while I was on a long drive too. It's, um, I don't even know how to describe it. Yeah, it's like a it's a it's kind of a children's story, but it's like a rock opera and it's, in, yeah. it's still got some intensity to it and, and, so a, cool. and there's a there's some mature message to it too yeah. it's not um so yeah it's it was a no, like nothing i've ever done before we lived another day let's go around again we got more songs to play was a riot standing in the tiny vocal booth i'm trying to think who was in there andy andy osenga myself there were a couple other people yeah. and just at the end of it there's just kind of this cacophony i believe is the right <laughs> nice. word yeah i know i know <laughs> just we did multiple takes of trying to make animal noises like just all sorts of little cackles and whatever um yeah. and they're just real subtle in the mix later on but yeah um, it was it was a hoot <laughs> oh h could be an no, it wouldn't be an owl. That's true. <laughs> it would be a coot. Wait a second. Got a little, I'm still got a lot to learn about the alphabet. <laughs> okay, so now we're back at letter G, yes. which is your most recent project. And, um, you know, I, I'm, I'm sort of coming into the conversation um, 
just knowing the headline. You know how you sometimes scroll through Facebook and yep. you see the headline to a story, and sometimes that's all you read and you, you pass by. You yeah. don't dig deeper. And I, I kind of just know sort of that there is an interesting story behind the making of this album. And um, so I thought, what better way to find out than to put a microphone in your face and, <laughs> and, and let you share a bit about kind of what this journey has been to make this album and to sort of the inspiration yeah. behind it. Yeah, um, to do that succinctly will be the challenge, but um, there's a, there's a, it's kind of a lengthy story. Um, so May of 2015, um, my youngest brother um, died unexpectedly. Wow. Um, which... Um, yeah, rocked the whole family, and, yeah. and um, still is is something that you, you know the grieving process is different for everybody. But yeah. um, but that definitely. Well, I guess I'll say this quickly up front. The, one of the songs on the album, um, "My Savior's Arms," or "In My Savior's Arms," I guess it is. That I wrote a week before my brother died, and again, it was unexpected. Wow, no idea what was around the corner, and I remember writing it and not really even. Um, when I got done, I kind of had this moment of like, huh, I don't, where did that really come from? It, mm. um, not that I haven't written some songs like that, but not uh, kind of like what yeah. you said at the beginning. Um, yeah. I've generally been more along the, I guess, folk, pop type genre. Yeah. Um, but that song, wrote it and was like, huh. And it wasn't necessarily, I didn't think how I was feeling specifically. And it wasn't specifically about my brother at all. Yeah. Um, I, um, but there's some truth in in um and how it applies to both yeah. me and i but so that's that's that song's kind of on its own in one way i mean it, it fits the group yeah. but uh but then fast forwards so that was may of 2015 six months later at Hutchmoot. yeah met my now fiance um and like i mentioned my first girlfriend um i've gone on dates but just never had like a serious yeah. relationship and um long distance and um yeah, that was that was um, so that was fall, and then fast forward again. So basically, an extreme low and an extreme high yeah. within six months of each other. Um, fast forward to May of 2016, and um, almost almost not quite a year, but almost a year to the day of when my brother had died, mm. um, I went into a major depression, which hit me unexpectedly. Um, looking back, maybe there were some things that would have been warning signs or triggers or whatever you want to you want to say um, flags, but that's not something I've generally been an up, upbeat, um, overall fairly optimistic, content, even keel, whatever. Those yeah. I mean, not always, but um, generally, yeah. um, not something I've struggled with by huh. by the grace of God. So I didn't know what was happening, and it took months. Um, to I, I went to my parents' house in Michigan, and uh, there was probably about two months in her, at least where I felt like I didn't sleep at all for two months straight. I mean, I would I know I did because he, you can't survive without sleep, but um, I would just lie down and turn from one side to the next, and as it and just have horrible, self-condemning, hopeless thoughts wow. all night long, and and uh, until it got light, and I was like, oh well, here's another day where I, oh, how am I going to get through this day? And just lie on the couch and had no motivation, and um, really, really intense and and dark, and um, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to think how to <laughs> to do this quickly um, yeah. without without missing um, 
the important stuff. Um, I might backtrack again, but but overall, I'm thankful for it. Which, mm. um, and that's where. So the the other songs on the G album, one other song on there called um, "Carry Me Jesus." I wrote the first verse actually a week or a, even a few days before what to me felt like just a, a complete breakdown, snap, whatever. Um, which, if you listen to the, ver I mean, if you listen to the lyrics, it's oh, this is somebody who's in depression. It's you know, please take this weight off my shoulders. All I'm doing is weighing me down. But I remember, oh, sorry, I uh, I remember writing that verse and thinking, oh, this could be helpful for somebody. Like not even, I guess, in some ways, very unaware of my own condition at that. Or what I was about to be in, whether yeah. So and then and then went into the depression. And then for a couple months, it was, really was lying on the couch. My parents were cooking my meals, um, basically doing nothing and just having racing circle of thoughts that were. I would see all the bad in every situation, um, yeah. and it all felt very permanent. Which wow. for I don't know if you've dealt with that or if people have. It's it's yeah. yeah. It's like. You, all you can see is the somebody described it as like a mosaic, and all you can see is the it's like a black and white image, which is there's there's beauty and and pain in in life, but the filter is such that you don't you can't see any of the light parts. Um, so eventually got that diagnosed. I mean, I took I was meeting with all sorts of people trying to figure out what was wrong, um, and then met. Finally, a psychiatrist was able to help me. Um, got on medication, which is not something I like to do. I'm yeah. more of a, oh, I'll just exercise and eat healthy and, uh -huh. and, and stay healthy that way and won't need, you know, I don't want to take Advil or whatever. Um, but there are times when medication is very helpful and, and necessary. Um, so that got me back to a place where I could start processing things. Wow. Um, and that's when I finished that song, um, Carry Me Jesus, and when I wrote the others. And all through that darkness, I mean, I was, I was, well, I was in a pit, in a hole, but digging, like, reaching for anything, and it would try to read scripture, and it would just terrify me. Wow. Just felt condemned, and, um, and, um, and, and part of the challenge is sorting through, some people would explain it as, well, you had a chemical imbalance, and I believe that's very True. I mean, yeah. brain chemicals are a real thing, and um, but then you know, there's some spiritual things that, that are happening, and um, and um, yeah. So I I spent months trying to you know what what's happening? Why is this happening? What should I? Should how I do I fix it? Do I, need do I to pray? pray? <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, right. Confess sin. What is yeah, you know? I just yeah. I dug through anything. I mean, wow. And yeah, but when I started to be able to to think through stuff with the, the help of the medication. Some of that that stuff ended up producing wonderful fruit in just in the ways it strengthened my faith and I, I dug into the word and, and and during the depression, I mean, I was just in such a weird frame of mind. Yeah. I mean, like, what, how do I know this is real? Yeah. Like, trying to, like, okay, I read this truth, but how do I, and, um, and but then, I mean, just to give you a, idea of kind of where I was at. So I was like, well, how do I know that Abraham Lincoln really was alive? Is that all? Like, it was, yeah. you're just like in such a, 
Yeah. I, even, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a sickness. You know, your yeah, mind is totally. in an in unhealthy place. Um, but digging into the word and then, and then realizing that, um, and one of the things I would say, I think multiple people kind of share this during my depression, but not that, uh, again, it, it didn't necessarily sink in then or it, it, it was not, I just couldn't process it. But um, the idea that things are true regardless of how you feel. There are some things that are true. Yeah, and and it's hard to sort through that. And like, well, okay, this feels like reality to me. Yeah. How do I know? Yeah. So that that um, um, was a uh, yeah. Coming out of the depression was like, okay, well, well, where am I landing in this? Like, and and there was just so much that that happened through it. I mean, wrestling with scripture because some parts of scripture is like, well, how, that I don't really like that yeah. idea. It's hard to to accept, um, yeah. or what exactly? I mean, trying to figure God out as a finite, <laughs> right, creature. Um, but getting to this point of submitting and realizing, you know, this either this is true or it's not. And if I'm picking parts that I that are easier to agree with, then I've kind of just made up my own religion. Mm. If I, well, this is what I. I mean, unless. Yeah, and that's uh, the, where you get in danger of, well, then everyone kind of just chooses what they think if you're not submitting to something. So yeah. um, submitting to, to the Word of God and Scripture, um, not that that clears everything up, but it gives you a place to, well, this is, this, and, and, and seeing, uh, strangely enough, well, not, no, that's strange, actually, um, wonderfully, um, some of the, like, the minor prophets and stuff, which are, some of that's hard to, understand too but just seeing that how prophecies have been fulfilled and how God's and those words had been written years before the things happened and, and kind of a, that was a big influence on the God of Abraham Isaac and Jacob song um, just realizing that God's made promises to Abraham and and um, and those things came true and um, that he's made promises to us and um, and his word is true. And, and uh, yeah. even if I don't feel it at the time, which there were times when I felt completely condemned, lost, and yeah. whether that's just brain chemicals, I mean, I would say that was a yeah. big part of it. But, um, but it gave me somewhere, sol I, I landed somewhere solid. And, and there's still a lot of wrestling that happens. But, um, but realizing my own brokenness, lostness, um, whatever you want to call it, help, helplessness on my own wasn't comfortable. Yeah, N not at all. Yeah, right. But what a great place to be, because then you realize, you know, this is all a gift from God, and um, and it takes away a lot of the the well, the fear of man. Um, it's like um, I think some we so often are worried about what other people think about us, and yeah, um, I know I'm kind of just just rolling here. Um, well, that's good. But uh, in the vulner, yeah, the vulnerability. I mean, friendships afterward that were I had friends for a while, but just opening up and like, dude, I was from a human standpoint, whatever, worthless, pathetic. Um, it I've found, and I share it at house concerts too. It frees people up to mm. talk about their insecurities or, or brokenness or whatever. Wow. And, um, so so much good has come from. Wow. And and it's just yeah it's it's changed a lot of, of things and I don't know that this is 
the best way to approach it, but in some ways that it feels like it puts me in this place where I don't really know what to pray for anymore because yeah. I would not have prayed for that. Yeah. And yet I'm you glad it happened. Change it. I'm yeah. thankful for it. Yeah. And and the ways that God grew my faith. Wow. Um probably wouldn't have happened if if yeah. things had gone just smoothly. Wow. And just that reminder that I'm not in control and and in so many ways it's easy to at least take partial credit, you know, with I've been doing almost a thousand house concerts and wow, look at look at this thing I've built and yeah. success I've had and and cuz I've got this creative um whatever, a way of doing music and and um but th- that's yeah, I mean the, the every heartbeat or whatever. That's all a gift. The ability to put together and organize a spreadsheet. Yeah. Of house concert hosts. I mean that's a a gift. There are some people that don't have that gift and that doesn't make them any better or worse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um Yeah. Yeah. So so that's <laughs> where a that's, lot of songs came from. That's wow. Uh, there's yeah. a lot in there. That's an um, amazing story. I uh, mean thanks, thanks for sharing, first of sure. all. I think uh, I, you know, I would guess most families have at least some connection to whether it's someone from in their church or somebody in their family or somebody that's a friend that that has has or is walking through depression. And I, I just think it's um, a really important topic to yeah. take seriously and. Uh, so I, so I want to ask you just one question, uh, kind of about that journey, and then and yeah. then kind of get back to the music. But sure, um, what you know, as uh, if there's listeners who are trying to walk beside somebody that is um, going through that dark season, that that maybe even clinical depression. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean it. You know, what, there, there's probably some good and bad things that that um, that we could do as people that want to love and support them. And I'm sure, you know, like you said, uh, you know, even like handling God's word was sort of a frustrating and difficult task for you. So I'm, I'm sure people spouting Bible verses at you may, may not be the most helpful yeah. thing, you know even with good intention. Right. Um, is there, is there any way that you would encourage families to sort of, um, walk through that? Hmm. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. Um, and it's, I, I, one of the things I know is it's different for every person, like depression. Yeah. Um, yeah. but this is maybe just in general, a way to, to, live um to love anybody um because it is i mean you don't you can't be in someone else's head um so to know like my folks were so first of all do whatever you can practically like if um well if you can i mean help with cooking meals or laundry yeah which it's so yeah um yeah but you because it's it's a complicated thing. You don't necessarily encourage the depressed person to just do nothing. That's true. Like, oh, I'll do everything for you, but yet, um, yeah. Because it deep, is it is it um, just brain chemicals? Maybe not. It might be whatever laziness. I mean, 
So it's hard. That's that's, that's the challenge. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's the challenge as as somebody on the outside. Um, but um, I guess in general, believe the best. I think that you know, love always um, yeah. hopes and um, and hmm. yeah, it's a bit, try to be you know the plan of all the, the fruits of the spirit is be as patient as you can. Wow, yeah. Um, <laughs> don't. Uh, let me think. Yeah, I mean, just like oh, just be happy. I mean that. Yeah. That's probably not helpful. Yeah. <laughs> or yeah. like even well, that's yeah. Understanding that it might not be that simple, and and um, just re- and that the the hard part, like when you said talking about scripture and reminding, yeah, yeah, yeah there's times when that w- wasn't well, it didn't fix anything. But I wouldn't say don't do that either, because I think mm. as I came through it, then some of that stuff that I've been hearing had a chance to sink in uh, kind of later on, looking huh. back. Yeah. But yet, there's a, yeah, a sensitivity too there to, to, um, um, to not necessarily, well, participate in condemning and like well if you yeah. just have more faith oh yeah that's the hard, for me too i mean myself i was like well and i because i've heard like faith and fear are the opposite of each other and if you're if you're living in fear then you then you just not have enough faith and yeah that's true maybe yeah <laughs> but that and that's the challenge it's yeah. like i mean it's also just a physical illness too yeah which and that's why it's so complicated because it's it can change your personality. It changes your, yeah. um, normally like a, whatever, an injury to your leg or something like, all right, well, I need to be on crutches for this time or, or yeah. wrap it in a bandage or whatever it is. And, and then there's kind of this process that you go through that it heals. But when your brain is what's sick or injured, then it can change. Yeah. The, it's the tool that many times you use to, to help frame a leg injury yeah. and to help process a leg injury. Like, oh, okay, well, this is not fun, but I, okay, I can, I can wait this out for two weeks. But when your brain is like, ah, oh, I can't process anything. Um, yeah. Um, I think that, I don't know if that, how helpful that is. It's cause it is, it's, a, I mean, it's, you're right. I love the fact that you said there is, you know, there's no one size fits all answer to that question. And, but yet, we all can love sacrificially and and warmly and 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 exhibit the fruit of the spirit in yeah. each other's lives. And whether that's received well or not by by the individual who's hurting, it, we could still just continue to pour love in that direction. And, and like you said, maybe maybe down the road it does take root. Right. Yeah. Right. So yeah, it's just being sensitive to that yeah. and. Speaking truth in love, but you know, but not yes. just like, well, hey, but yeah, keep just remember this verse, remember this verse, you, that's all you need, and then you'll be out of it. Um, yeah, yeah, it's and and yeah, I guess just pray for wisdom to know what to know what to do because it is really hard, um, on the out well, being in it too, of course, obviously, but on the outside, just to like my folks are just really faithful and, and well, just taking care of me, which yeah. uh, I'm extremely blessed to have to have that. Um, and I internalize a lot, you know, self-condemnation, but, but I think, and I occasionally would, it would, 
be more of a, a lashing out. Not, I wasn't like going on a tirade or anything like that, but just like you can be very irritable or yeah. or whatever. I, I mean, there were times where I just didn't want to, it was a fascinating thing because I would just kind of grunt or, or just like I didn't want to say anything because I didn't have anything good to say, mm. which I knew that. I mean, yeah. somehow that was still like a, it wasn't like, I just want, yeah, I mean, I, I knew. <laughs> <laughs> if I open my mouth. <laughs> I'm going to say yeah. just negative things. Right. And I, I didn't want to, I didn't, I disliked myself a lot. Oh, man. Which is, yeah. But That's... I couldn't say hopeful things because I felt like that was, to me, that was not true. That was lying. Wow. I, was like, I don't, I don't, I would hear whatever my mom say something like, you know, this is temporary, you know, you get through this, this is, yeah. this is a temporary or whatever, like it's not going to last for, and I, that would sometimes, depending on what mood I was in, make yeah. me cry because I was like, how can you even have that kind of hope? Yeah. I don't, I don't get that. So, yeah, I mean, we are complicated and fragile and, yeah. and, um, and that's not a fun place to be, but to, to but to be weak, I mean, that's, his yeah. strength is made perfect in our weakness and, um, I've, yeah, I've been really grateful to, to be at that point of like, yeah, I'm broken. Yeah. yeah. And then it takes kind of what I said, the fear of man. Um, yeah. The, and not that I'm not guilty of that still, but yeah. it takes a lot of that off. Yeah. You're like, you know, what? yeah, yeah. It's, yeah, I don't have it all together. I can't yeah. control everything. Yeah. So that's man, <laughs> and I, I just want to applaud you too, because, um, uh, you know, I, I, I have a couple of friends who have walked and are walking through depression and and one of the things that I think even especially in the church um, I just think that there's uh, there can be that that idea of like you said you just need more faith you need to pray more you need to read more scripture there's something wrong you know spiritually with you know that it's a spiritual condition mm -hmm. and and yet one of the healthiest things that the church could be talking about more is that is that it is not only okay but probably a really good idea to get you know seek professional help from you know doctors and and psychiatrists and yeah so anyway thanks for your vulnerability with that oh yeah 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 that's that's a that's a new freedom dave i love it I <laughs> um because yeah there's a lot of stigma around oh i yeah i have um what do they call it major depressive disorder i mean that's not a fun thing to say that wow. you have wow. <laughs> but yeah and yeah i do or i did i mean yeah. not, by the grace of god i'm you know right now out of it and potentially hopeful that i will never deal with it again that's yeah. um yeah. that's that is a good possibility but yeah i hope to never deal with that but yet i want any challenge whether it be that sort of a trial or whatever else, financial issues or uh, uh, family members dying or whatever. I, I always want that to lead to an increase in faith and the, the, the passages in James about joy and trials and like if I could sum up some of this in, in some easy takeaways or things that I guess I feel like I'm learning is just um, that, that God is concerned more with our faith than our comfort um yeah. and not not to say he doesn't bless yeah. those who, who walk in his ways and but but just there's no guarantee that you won't i mean you're gonna face trials of some yeah. sort yeah um but but may the result of those be 
an increase in faith. And if that's the result, then um, I think it's in Peter talks about faith being worth more than gold. Like, yeah, if I get increased faith from this, that yeah, I mean, gold would be nice, but but uh, <laughs> long term, I'll take the 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 faith uh, yeah. according to the the kingdom economy. That's gonna be worth more. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, but yes, the the stigma around mental illness and and medication is great. I I don't want to discount the the spiritual side of it. And yeah, I mean, because oh, yeah, sure. and that's the challenge. Because yeah. yes, maybe it is. Um, whatever, a, a willful rebellion or um, pride or, or something like that um, that's leading to, you know, I don't know if those would be, the, the, that's the right way to put that, but yeah, it, yeah, maybe it is something that needs to be addressed yeah, right. spiritually and maybe everything as a whole. I mean, that's, everything changed for me kind of holistically yeah. <laughs> or on multiple levels. Yeah. yeah. But the medication was a huge help just in the basics of processing. I mean, even like, at least when I was depressed, I had racing thoughts and I would try to read, not even the Bible, but, um, you know, Reader's Digest. I don't remember what my, I think my folks would try to give me something real light reading just to like get my brain on something else. And I could, either I just couldn't comprehend and track. It was like, I would get read two sentences, but like, I don't even remember what I just read. Mm. Or I would take some tiny detail in there and focus on the negative of it. Wow. Um, just twist it in unhealthy ways. So, um, yeah. So, yeah. so that's, that's, I think, partly what the medication helped. But, I, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a lot of mystery to it. And, and I can point to some things that probably um, were um, part of the soup that, yeah. <laughs> that caused it. But yet, I don't, yeah, I'm not going to... Yeah. We are complicated, and, and, and there's a lot we don't know about right. brains and people and the way God works and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. So hold it, hold it yeah. humbly and loosely. So um, <laughs> uh, how quickly um, after you felt like you kind of returned to a bit of a healthier place, mm -hmm. um, how quickly did the writing bug bite you, you know, that you wanted to start kind of journaling about this, you know, just you know, at least some of the ways that this walking through this has affected you. Um, yeah, very quickly. Um, wow. I'm trying to remember what I said about, so carry me Jesus. I wrote the first verse, um, yeah. before I went into the depression. Then as really as soon as, and not to get into too much of the the medication process, but some of that takes time. Yeah. Um, and I started on a really low dose. And the intention was to go up higher, which I eventually did. But actually, at a very low dose, I started to feel better. And I was like, oh, this is, a, I feel like I actually want to do things, something, anything, which was a, a step. Oh, yeah. And to me, so I was, I was up in Michigan, which um, I had family and stuff around, but it, I didn't have a lot to do. And that's kind of the, the challenge of a musician's job or, or whatever, uh, self-employed, it's like, there's nothing I had to do, um, but there's plenty of things that I should or could do when yeah. you're, you're self-employed. Um, so um, so I, one of the things I could do, just being there and not having my normal routine that I have um, when I'm home in Nashville, um, is play music. And, and I just poured into that. Wow. I, you know, I just, um, yeah, and I've, 
Yeah, just and and that's when some of what had been going on in my heart kind of was able to start being um, flushed out or, or developed or. Um, um, but still, I mean, I remember writing. Actually, I don't. I think it was the Rising of the Sun, but one of those songs, and being like, "Oh, this is wonderful," and I'm really excited about the song, but still thinking that I would probably never. I was like, "Why am I writing this? I'll probably never play house shows again." Like, I still wasn't. Yeah, back to a yeah. place of seeing how that was even possible. Um, yeah, and then for me, I, I actually came back to Nashville. I think too soon and, and slipped back to it into the depression and had to bump it up, medication. And so there was a couple ups and downs. Um, so during those times where I was feeling more like myself, um, I was yeah belting out hymns or, or whatever and, and writing songs as well. Um, Actually, well, the inspiration partly came from, uh, there's, I think, a story about Martin Luther who, whenever he got bad news or ever, he would, I think the quote is, let's sing a hymn and spite the devil and just to mm. what, uh, fight back at the bad news or just remind yourself of truth or, or sing praise. Um, so I remember times just digging, well, paging through the, the songbook and, like, bel belting out lyrics that I had known for years but had this uh, entirely new depth to wow. them. Um, um, so yeah, that's that's kind of when, uh, yeah, I, I very quickly got back into writing. Yeah. Um, but then when I slip into depression, then I kind of go away for a little while. But um, yeah. Um, yeah, it was it was part of that. I guess it was part of the kind of kind of the, one of the tools that I would say helped yeah get me out of the depression if if that's yeah yeah uh, I, I yeah i can't remember i know sarah groves mentioned this but she might have been quoting somebody else but um but she talked about how um how important it is for art to to fight back against the darkness hmm, um yeah. just of the world it's uh, it's like good art is is just in the culture pushing back against the darkness. And I think that applies even just personally in our lives. I think that's why a lot of people listen to faith-based music is mm -hmm. for that reason is it is an anthem. It is a, it is a pushing back against the darkness, even in our own souls. Yeah. So it's, it's really powerful to hear, you know, your personal story of that. Um, when you when you were um, going into the studio to record the G project, um, did you have everything mapped out, or were there? Did you have any surprises along the way of, you know, just while you're collaborating? Um, I don't generally have a real clear big picture in mind when I'm recording. Um, I mean, besides lyrics and melody, which. And rhythm. I mean that that does kind of set the tone yeah. typically. So that that is a big part of it. But yet, I mean that's why I work with you know. Well, I did produce E and F. I produced well, technically on my own, but I had a ton of help from Shane who, uh, Wilson who engineered and um, and the musicians themselves. Yeah. Um, but like working with Andy on this last project, I mean that's what I love about kind of the whole thing is a surprise. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Until I hear it. and and I might have ideas about sculpting it as we go like oh maybe actually now that i hear that maybe this could be cool or whatever 
Um, oh. So I contribute some, but yeah. but that most of that is a credit to to Andy. I, and I, I I know I shared with him on this last album. I mean, I feel like he's just keeps growing in that. Like this last this G album was just a man. It was just fun to see him do his thing and and um, the gift that he has. And and I worked with him for a while. Yeah. Um, and just not that the other early stuff wasn't good, but just like just to see that the what I feel like are leaps and bounds and in, in, um, in his production um, skills. Well, I'm um, sure it's sort of a marriage too between artist and producer. Yeah, I think he just did a great job of it. Still, um, all works together, but yet kind of each song he he crafted it to bring out some real elements of beauty in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for sharing your story. Really yeah, appreciate your yeah, time. happy to, happy to. Yeah, sometimes, still, it's still fairly fresh. So I, yeah. I tend to just start jumping all different directions, and and it's a lot to process. So, um, so hopefully it was easy enough to follow. Well, we're <laughs> grateful for yeah your candidness and and just it's I think sharing stories out loud it can help other people process their own story or whatever they're dealing with and i and i uh man so just thank you for for that it's been a gift oh happy to share thanks for <laughs> thanks for um asking questions you bet <laughs> all right thanks dave wow what a journey um john trost has been on and what a treat for us um to get kind of a first-hand account of um, just really some uh, in the last couple of incredible years in his life um, the um, just the highs the lows the highs again and some of the incredible music that's being birthed in the process uh, so thank you John for your time and um, congratulations again on uh, John's upcoming uh, wedding is happening in late March of this year and uh, his upcoming move to the state of Illinois. Yes. Uh, Illinois kind of has an image problem right now. More people are leaving the state than coming. So John, thank you for reversing that trend. <laughs> uh, it's, it's been a treat. So uh, after this quick break, uh, we're going to come back with um, a gal who I met shortly after um, UTR launched as an independent nonprofit ministry. So I've been kind of following her music and her life for the last just uh, three years or so. Um, but she's been recording music for well over 30 years. We'll talk to veteran singer songwriter Lisa Warehouser after this. UTR podcast is sponsored by two new albums from Old Bear Records. Ryan Clare's new single, Throw Me a Line, is available now. You can get the new full-length album, Less Traveled Road, by Ryan Clare, beginning on January 26th. Plus the new single, Entertaining Angels, by Ian Zumbach is available now. You entertained the angels you met along the way. The new full-length album, The Table, by Ian Zumbach, will release on February 2nd. Look for these projects coming soon to iTunes 
or pre-order now at oldfairrecords.com. Hey, this is Christopher Williams, and I just wanted to give a huge shout-out and say a big thanks to the UTR Critics Panel for picking my latest release, Gather, as one of their top 11 gourmet albums of 2017. You can read the full list at utrmedia.org. Welcome back. Well, I'm sure you've experienced this before in social settings. You meet someone new, but you find out you have an instant connection with them. Some passion, some interest that is mutual. And it could be as, you know, you love Alfred Hitchcock movies, or uh, you uh, love the same sports team that I do, or you love chocolates. Uh, you know, there's just a bridge that's instantly built uh, when that connection is made. And I had that happen with our next guest. Um, in November of 2014, um, the, the, this organization, which was formerly known as Under the Radar, launched out as an independent nonprofit. And we had a launch concert to celebrate in Chicago. And uh, Nicole was at that event. She said, Dave, you have to meet my friend Lisa because um, I think you guys have a similar passion. So we did. We met just like a week or two later at a Chick-fil-A. And sure enough, here uh, for years, um, Lisa has been pouring her heart into helping uh, independent songwriters find their voice and grow in their craft. And um, so we just had that instant bond. And she's been a very kind and generous supporter of UTR Media ever since then. And um, so we're going to dive right in because um, she also records her own music, but we haven't heard something new from her for about 12 years. And uh, she just recorded a new album. I think it's her career best work as well. We'll hear a clips of it um, later in the interview. Let's dive right in to our conversation with Lisa Weyerhaeuser. I'm a late discoverer of of you and your music um uh, just over the last few years um but you are no spring chicken you have been doing recording music um and writing songs for a lot of years so um take for for anybody else who's kind of discovering you for the first time tell us a little bit about kind of how you got into the uh, music world and and kind of what you've been doing for for the last couple of decades okay uh when i went off to college i went to trinity international university uh which was trinity college way back then and uh was just kind of praying that god would uh help me know what he was wanting me to do and uh i i kind of stumbled into the uh newspaper office at our college one day and said, well, I've never done any writing for a newspaper before, but I'd be open to learning. And they're like, great, here, become the entertainment <laughs> editor for our school paper. All I'm right. like, oh, okay. So one of the things I got to do uh, was interview the artists who came to right. the college. And so, uh, let's see, I think Petra was the first yeah. group. And so this would have so been in the early, early 80s? Early 80s, oh, 1982. Wow. Okay. So, sorry, I just gave away my 
that's the youthfulness. Greg, Greg that era. is totally what it was. <laughs> and it was so funny because I brought my little tape recorder in that you have to press play and oh, record. Wow. Yeah. And my little cassette tape. And uh, and I pressed play and record. And like I'm thinking, oh, I have my list of questions. He just started to talk. And I just listened to him tell kind of the story of Petra and how it began. And yeah. uh, he talked for 45 minutes. Wow. <laughs> the tape was out. And. It was like, well, this is this is great stuff. Yeah. I love this interview thing. It's much easier than I expected. So, of course, the next person who came was Larry Norman. Okay. <laughs> so people yeah. kept coming up to me afterwards like, oh, he doesn't do interviews and watch out. You know, he may not want to talk to you. And so I paid really close attention during the concert and, uh, you know, took extensive notes. And, you know, the thing that really, I mean, I was, I was really like awestruck not by him but just by the way the spirit moved through him and yeah. it was just him and his guitar his little uh, nylon string guitar and god's power was just really moving through him and i thought i really thought wow lord please use me this way and uh so 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 how did how did that <laughs> you started collaborating with music then like i don't know if it was a few years after that or you know, I met him that night. He was very gracious and, and was happy to do an interview. Uh, we talked well into the um, to, to the evening and the next day yeah. uh, and uh, became kind of fast friends through that experience. Wow. And so every time he came to town, he recognized me. We'd <laughs> go, you know, out for coffee afterwards with the group of people, and we just uh, kind of struck up a friendship that way. He ended up singing at my wedding, and oh, wow. it was at my wedding that that you know over my I think my dad had come up to him and said, "Hey, she just made a record." Of course, this is showing <laughs> my age as well. It was an yeah. album, yeah, right, <laughs> vinyl. And so Larry came up to me at my wedding and said, well, you know, we really haven't talked about your music much, but if you want to do, you know, another project, I would love to produce it. And <laughs> I wow. was like, uh, where do I sign? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. You know, yeah. so that's kind of how that door opened. And uh, so I had a chance to go out there by the next a year from that time from my wedding and was working with Larry on my second project. Wow. So, so you've been actually recording for about 30 years yeah. or so? Wow. Yes. That's, that's remarkable. So, <laughs> uh, um, so kind of, um, you know, I've, you had a couple albums, uh, you know, one with Larry and then another one, uh, that came out years after that. So have you, through all that process, have you been just kind of writing songs and, you know, plying your craft and all that? Yeah, yeah. It was funny because uh, while I was working on the project with Larry, a lot of time kind of passed in between the times I went out to California to work on it. And in the, in the process, I ended up uh, getting a, a degree in counseling. So kind of came to a crossroads where I had to kind of choose between uh, kind of going f full-time on the road with Larry or doing counseling. And I had one of my uh, professors offer me a position at the counseling center he worked at. And so I, uh, I at that time, kind of prayed about it and felt like it was time to uh, to 
spend some time at home with my family and and so I continued to do music but not as full time as uh, Larry I think was hoping at that time mm -hmm. so um, but I continued doing music um, and I would occasionally travel do a little touring with Larry and um, singing back up for him but also working as a counselor in a counseling center here and then I started a fam you know my husband and I uh, started a family and you know we had three boys and and yet I was still having opportunities to sing and and uh, so I kind of phased out eventually with the counseling and just kind of uh, you know did the music yeah uh, as kind of my you know it was family and music I guess that I kind of focused on at that point so so I mean I want I want to get to your latest project um, uh, but before we get there, you know, kind of between the time you were talking and this project coming out, somewhere in that war in that zone, you you kind of launched a new ministry called Strong Tree. Can you just tell us sort of what is the heart of that ministry? Sure. So uh, you know, I I would travel back and forth uh, during the early years to Nashville, and lots was happening there, and I just thought, you know, I it's not realistic for me to spend a lot of time uh, traveling back and forth and having a family and I knew other musicians also who lived in my area and I just something cool was happening in in our area at that time there was a lot of coffee houses that were starting up it was the early 90s mid 90s and uh, there was a coffee house nearby called Jamma Java that had kind of started up and so I got involved with that and and so Strong Tree was really uh, I, I think something that uh, came out of a need in our area to kind of gather Christian musicians together and kind of encourage one another. The, uh, the mission statement was deepening roots in Jesus by creatively communicating truth. And really the, the heart of Strong Tree was, was helping musicians to connect uh, with each other and with the venues and the... the the churches in the area so they could have ministry uh, opportunities in in their local regional areas and so we would uh, just try to uh, have lots of uh, events where we would invite lots of pastors in the area to come and hear the artists that were already in this area and at the time uh, Daniel's Window was a, one of the bands that came out, and and uh, Max Sue uh, had was just starting yeah. Super Chicks and uh, Super Chick, and he was in Gurney at the time when they yeah. were just coming together, and so they were part of uh, kind of our. We had a songwriters group, and and he was in that with me, and so just really neat things. There was a newspaper called um, Jacob's Ladder that was uh, kind of sending out information about the different groups that were playing so there was a lot happening uh in those early years in terms of lots of opportunities for musicians to to get out and sing in the chicago area so yeah and even even now still today you guys host retreats yes yes so it's kind of evolved over time just depending on what the need was yeah and uh and you know the coffee house era kind of phased out a little bit in this area so uh as we were kind of trying to follow along with uh, the needs of of the christian musicians in the area we found that there were a lot of 
uh, folks who just really needed encouragement and networking and opportunities to grow in their uh, their God-given abilities. They kind of had gotten to a certain point and needed maybe some encouragement and some refreshment and some 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 more tools so they could hone their skills. So we started retreats in about 2007. Uh, we started a yearly uh, strong tree retreat and we'd bring in artists. Glenn Kaiser was one of our uh, first artists in residence, uh, Honey Tree, because she was kind of local from South Bend, Indiana. She came out for one of our first ones. Uh, Rex Carroll, of course, is a, a local but very uh, skilled and well-renowned uh, <laughs> yes, musician. So, uh, and then we had Andy Gullihorn, Randy Stonehill, uh, just really good folks who came oh, yeah. in, and of course Matthew Clark, yep. who uh, also has really been uh, a really inc encouraging voice for many of the artists in our area. Yeah, so. yeah. Uh, and, and if folks wanna, if they're listening, are kind of like that sounds interesting. Yes. I want to get it plugged in. Is Absolutely. There, you guys do have a Facebook page, right? We do. We do. Strong Tree. Uh, I think Strong Tree Productions or Strong Tree. Uh, right there on Facebook, we're the one that actually has members, uh, about 150, I okay. think, yeah. folks who are a part of that. And everybody's welcome to join us to, uh, you know, even if, if you're a writer of any kind, there are um, oftentimes workshops that we do uh, that help kind of in the writing process. Yeah. So, but songwriters have, have been part of it, even artists uh, who are, you know, painters and and uh, sculptors, even yeah. who we who've come out and been part of our events. Yeah. So. Well, we we uh, also UTR Media also has a podcast called Release Dates, and part of that is because there's so much effort and drama that goes into a release date that that most people don't even know. So the fact that you have a new album. <laughs> and that it is done and Yay. it is here in our hands <laughs> growing light is the name of it yeah. and first of all congratulations on i mean it, it, it takes a lot of hard work to get something to the finish line so yes. congratulations on that thank you so much it was um, fun to do bright ahead, like a sailor lost at sea i'm welcomed home again Laughter lifts me like a child I'm finally found Freedom from the weight that's pulling me down Freedom from the darkest Clark, you just mentioned him as the producer yes. on the project, and I was actually fascinated because a lot of folks, a lot of folks, 
you know, this is the digital era. So a lot of folks, <laughs> you know, record something and send it through the internet. And uh, but but you travel down to Mississippi, where where Matthew lives, uh, and yes. where he has a studio, mm. and and did all your recording with him in person, which is pretty a pretty <laughs> cool thing to make that investment. So just tell me about sort of the making of the album. Yeah. Well, Matthew was one of our artists in residence, and uh, so we've been we had talked a couple times over uh, the last uh, well couple years, and uh, it just seemed like God was kind of bringing it together to work out uh, for us to work together. And um, I was so excited about it, and we had talked kind of the fall of uh, 2016 and finalized some things. And so February of 2017, I went out for the first time and. You know, we we kind of planned the time together, but I wasn't sure if we were going to start recording right away or what exactly was going to happen. But it was just really a time to pick out songs and yeah. kind of talk through kind of what we're trying to to say on this project. And and uh, it was awesome to work with Matthew. He uh, is very thoughtful and has obviously uh, some great creative. Uh, juices that were flowing and we did some songwriting together that week which was really fun yeah that's cool and so s several of the songs were uh, kind of collaborations yeah. as we sat there at his kitchen table and and worked on some of the the songs that I I kind of brought some in and we continued working on those some were already done and yeah and so it was just a awesome process. He's he's cool. a great producer. And then I came back out for uh, some of the laying down the instrumentals and and just kind of the the uh, structure of the songs. And then last time through, I came in and laid down the vocals. And Randy Stonehill happened to be passing through town and came in and sang on one of the songs too, or a couple of the songs actually. So that was really fun. Okay, so since you brought it up, mm -hmm. the Okay, what's the song that you guys trade vocals on? Yes, you're beautiful um, to me. You're beautiful to me. I was I was really shocked. Uh, maybe I shouldn't have been, but how well your voices blended together. Wasn't that like, cool? It really <laughs> sounded great together. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, kind of, kind of tell me a bit about that song and just, you know, kind of what stands out to you. Wow. Well, that was a fun song to just watch come together. Um, I had brought in a song uh, to work on, and it it really, you know, as Matthew and I kind of talked through the song and what we were wanting to communicate, it really became what it was. So, mm -hmm. uh, so at the end of that week, we kind of were looking through the songs, and that seemed very much like the song that Randy should sing on. Uh, it's a song... Uh, kind of uh, taken after the verse that says, you know, we can love because he first loved us. And uh, the song is called You're Beautiful to Me, and it really starts, the chorus is about uh, the father just saying, you're beautiful child to me. And then the child saying back, you know, what in response, well, Lord, you are, you are so beautiful to me.
can realize the beauty of who he is just in the way he loves us and uh, there is there is uh, kind of an intimacy I think that happens when we pray uh, that is not just about us uh, pouring out our hearts to God which is a lot of what prayer is but also just taking the time to listen and hear what he is wanting to speak to us through his word and through the spirit so uh, that was kind of the idea. So Randy kind of sings the part of the father to the child and mm. the child to the father. I'm singing, Lord, you're beautiful to me mm. as he's singing, child, you're beautiful to me. Yeah, that's great. Um, as somebody kind of picks up this album and listens through it or or maybe even sees you live uh, perform in a church or a, a house concert or something like that, what is your hope for the listener of your mm. music? What do you hope that they kind of experience? You know, um, I hope they experience the love of God most of all, you know, just the unconditional love. I think we all walk through this life with a lot of people around us, but, but you know, sometimes we walk through it feeling kind of lonely or yeah. like, kind of detached from it i mean it's like the the just the technology that we yeah. live amongst yeah. can you know foster that so much that we forget how to you know just connect with people and so i my hope would be that that uh that through a concert they would feel connection uh to the music to me to each other uh and especially to god mm. and uh and so uh, I would say connection would be a big part of it. And just knowing the, the love that God has for us, uh, knowing just how much he loves us, that he, he gave his only son for us. And, uh, and that's what really we're, we're really here on earth for, is to embrace what Jesus has done for us and to live a life that is uh, devoted to loving him. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so my last question is actually a bunch of questions. It's just going to be like rapid fire, get to know Lisa time. Oh, man. So just some <laughs> kind of off-the-wall fun things just so we can kind of yeah. get to know you a little bit. Yeah. So do you have a favorite shape? Oh, wow. <laughs> I know. I'll These say, the I ask my will kids. the circle be unbroken? Oh, <laughs> I we'll love it. We'll circle. See, there you go. Ooh, that's you, the first you thing that came to, to my mind. Level, oh, Lisa. no. That's Sorry. <laughs> um, okay, a favorite sports team. Oh, the Cubs. Of course. They won on my birthday last year. Uh, so I won't say which birthday. But. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the Cubs are great. Okay, so let me uh, ask a follow-up. Do you have a favorite Cubs player? Oh, boy. Wow. That's an interesting question. I I love Rizzo. He yeah. seems like an awesome fellow. I mean, oh. I I just from what I've heard yeah. from him, he just seems like a good man. Very uh, very charitable person too. Yeah. Just yeah, I I agree. Seems really mature for his age yeah. too. So I wish I was that mature at twenty six <laughs> or whatever. No. Yeah. No, I can't believe it. They're yeah. youngsters. I know they are. So um. What is your favorite thing to order at Starbucks? Oh my goodness! Uh, I would say a a decaf 
<laughs> a skinny caramel macchiato if they make such a thing. No, I think I they think do. I, they, do, they must because I think I've ordered and I always yeah. order it in the wrong order because I <laughs> don't go there enough to yeah. get it right. So they yeah. say it right back to me, and then I'm like, yeah, that's the one. Yeah, so. um, and at all. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> do you have a favorite vacation that you've ever been on? Wow. Well, our 25th anniversary, the whole family went to Hawaii. And oh, I'm wow. not a fan of of flying anywhere. Okay. But once I got there, we had a really nice yeah. time. <laughs> and we were really into the TV show Lost. So we okay. did this big tour of the, of everything Lost while we were there. So that was really fun, too. Okay. So <laughs> while we're on the topic, okay. besides Lost, okay. do you have a favorite oh, TV series man. of, let's just say, the last decade? Oh, my goodness. The last decade. Or well, Lost was something that was really fun because our whole family kind of sat and watched yeah, it together. Yeah. But the ending was, you know, <laughs> was what it was. So, and uh, I'll, uh, right now we're interested in in the next season of Stranger Things. Stranger Thing. Things, yes. You knew we were going to say that. Right? <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> that's, that's a fun show. Yeah. It's, it's great. Um, do you have a, a, a favorite movie of all time? Oh, my goodness. Uh, you know, I my dad was a 16 millimeter movie collector. Oh wow! And so long before videos were yeah. anything, he called them Squintovision because <laughs> it was like, oh, those aren't real; those won't last. Because you know, we'd sit and watch these 16 millimeter film on our you know living room uh, wall, and yeah. so I would say I I grew up watching uh, Sound of Music. That's kind of oh, and yeah. the That's Music Man too was oh, yeah. one that my dad loved musicals, so yeah. I used to watch a lot of musicals oh, with him. That's so, cool. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll bring it back to music mm -hmm. uh, to kind of wrap it up. Yeah. Um, is, is there a standout concert that would be like oh, on the top of your list as a favorite concert experience um, that you've attended? Well, interestingly enough, I, I actually talked about that very first Larry Norman concert right, that I yeah. had gone to, and yeah. I didn't realize until I was sitting there listening that he had written, I Wish We'd All Been Ready. He oh, had yeah. written, I Am a Servant. And uh, those were songs I had sung uh, as solos at my church and, right. and with, you know, the the kids in my youth group. And, you know, here's this this fellow who I had no idea until that night had was such a prolific songwriter and yeah. uh, wrote some just amazing songs and really again the lord really had used him in my life through uh even before i knew who he was and even and definitely after i knew who he was so yeah. um so i would it would be hard to and i saw him over and over and over again in concert and he really had just an amazing ability to communicate with people so yeah so that was he i think a lot of his concerts i just was pretty in awe of so yeah okay yeah. so that's that about wraps it up. But since we have growing light here, mm -hmm. just want to just want to give you an opportunity to. Is there anything else that you want people to know about this new album? Well, uh, interestingly, so every CD that I've done uh, in the last 15 years, uh, I always dedicate one of the songs. I, I do a Larry song, Larry Norman song oh, on cool. every one. So the very first song on this uh, project is a Larry song. Uh, um, called I Hope I'll See You in Heaven. And uh, 
so I would say, um, other than that, uh, the song, the songs on this CD are very personal. It's funny, because uh, I forget about that um, sometimes, and then I list, put it in and listen to it, or I talk to somebody who has listened to it recently, and they're like, wow, there's some, some really interesting relational songs on there, but uh, I think that part of our process in life is, you know, we, we are relational beings. And so I think uh, it's important to kind of work through the stuff of life over here, this side of heaven. Uh, and uh, so I, I do do some grappling through some of these songs uh, about relationships. But, you know, the most important relationship, of course is with our good shepherd and yeah. that's how the that's our last song on the project yeah. is good shepherd so nice yay thank you lisa thanks for being a part of the oh, show oh thank you for having me it's so much fun to get a chance to uh talk to you about this fun stuff and yeah really appreciate it thanks right. dave and some congratulations are in order for lisa warehouser uh, because the UTR critics panel actually selected uh, the song that you heard a clip from uh, just a few minutes ago, You're Beautiful to Me, as one of the top gourmet songs of 2017. So uh, that is featured on our website as well as, um, well, if you're listening to this episode right as it launches, uh, coming up at the end of the month of January, we will be releasing a noise trade album called UTR best songs of 2017 and uh, Lisa's uh, full song You're Beautiful to Me will be a part of that noise trade compilation so if you're listening to this anytime after January 31st then the album is available right now for free on noise trade and tip all tips would uh, go to support the work of UTR Media so uh, you'll keep your eyes open at noisetrade.com for that and uh, we have a lot of stuff going on over at our website. Not only all the critics' lists of the top gourmet albums of the year, the top gourmet songs of the year, uh, we have a contest that you can enter um, for uh, to win 2018 minutes of music. That's over 45 CDs. And Lisa Warehouser's CD, Growing Light, is one of the CDs as well. So um, you can check out the contest. Uh, and all the other stuff going on at our website, utrmedia.org. Well, coming up on the next episode of Green Room Door, we'll be chatting uh, with uh, one of our all-time favorite singer-songwriters who uh, is just releasing brand new work. Uh, Mr. Andrew Osenga will be our special guest on the next episode of Green Room Door. So, Uh, Keep it tuned in right here for that in early February. Until then, I'm Dave Trout. Thanks so much for listening. And we'll talk to you on the next Green Room Door, which is a production of UTR Media, an independent, listener-supported, nonprofit ministry in Chicago, Illinois, and online at utrmedia.org.